I'm Christina. And I'm Megan. And, and this, this is, is the, the Aftermath, Aftermath of Sex. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm super excited. Me too. Has like some really good, good things to talk about. I hope it's good. I hope you enjoy it. Yes, it's going to be awesome. I'm very excited. But Uh before we get started, yeah, I just cut off. Before we get started, (laughs) don't forget send in your stories, your birth adventures. We want them all. Yep, your veggie tales. We want them all. Yep. Breastimonials. The granny tales. The granny tales. We want them all. Yeah, give us your stories um, because everyone wants to hear all about the awesome things that you go through or the non-awesome things or all of the things that, um, you know, bring us together. Yeah. Women. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, people have really connected and just been able to identify with stories that have been shared and um, they're one of the favorited episodes. So yeah. we need more so yeah. that we can sh- keep sharing. Yeah. And send in your questions too. We recently had a couple cool questions that are going to turn into full length, um, like education episodes, but yes. um, they were really great, like ideas for things that something I hadn't really thought of at all. So yeah, anyway, send us your questions and um, we'll make something out of those. And anyway. Yeah. So if you go to www.theaos411.com, you can submit any of your stories there. Yeah. You just scroll down a little bit and you'll see all the ways to do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's all get right. started. Let's get Tell started. Us about period taboos. Period taboos. So when you were um, growing up, did you ever like hide your pad? While you're walking to the bathroom or hide your tampon so nobody would see. Oh, one of my most embarrassing moments. I'll just start. Oh, no. Can I just start yes. with the story? Because it was so embarrassing. It was literally so embarrassing. I had such a hard time with this. Okay. Well, for one, I made my sister buy my tampons until I was 19 and I moved out. Oh. She literally was the one who purchased them if like I needed them and my mom, you know, wasn't at the store. Okay. Because I was so embarrassed. Why though? So yeah. when I was 14... I had, um, do you know those like winter jackets that pull over and they have the big pocket in the front? Yes. Okay. I just loved this jacket. Anyway, oh, and no. I had a tampon in there and we were sitting like. Oh, in the pocket. In the pocket. Okay. And I was sitting with just some friends and I just went to a very, very small private school, okay. like a hundred kids K-12. So. Oh, wow. Very yeah, small. Very small school. And we were sitting um, like on the stairs talking. I don't know. But one of the boys got into my pocket and pulled out a tampon. And oh. I was mortified. Oh, no. I, no, I was mortified. I ran into the bathroom and I started crying. What? And yeah, and actually one of the providers you work with, her lovely daughter was my teacher at the time. And she came into the bathroom and consoled me. Oh. And she said it was okay. And it turns out that the boy thought it was a piece of candy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so sadly mistaken. That was my most embarrassing moment well into adulthood. Oh no! I know, isn't that crazy? But and it's really just surrounding something that just happens, right? <laughs> so um, that's why I wanted to do this because yeah. I'm like, wh- where does this negative or like embarrassing yeah. connotation come from? Like, wh- why? 
reality. Why do we feel that way yeah. when it's something that happens to us without our consent? Right. <laughs> like it's just happening. So and, um, and there's so many of us who are affected. Yes, deeply affected. Clearly, yeah. it. And you didn't buy your own products until you were 19. No, and I had to because I moved out and then my sister didn't live. And she was two years younger than me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we we don't openly talk about it. Um, but it's something that's scary that happens to us. It's frustrating sometimes. And we're already hormonal when we're on our, our little cycle. Yeah. So it kind of exacerbates everything. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to look into the whys of this. And I didn't realize the rabbit hole of wowness because it's just super vast. And so I've been like percolating all of this information for about three weeks. And there is so much that I can't even talk about on theories of why there's a negative connotation mm -hmm. to periods, which is crazy to think about. So I'm just going to do my best okay. and, um, and talk to you about what I found. Yeah. I'm okay. So, um, First, yeah, I found an article. I love articles. Me too. They're my favorite. But it talks about the men mention of menses. That's hard to say. Yeah. Mention of menses in entertainment. And oh. this historian, Laura Klosterman, found that there was not one mention of menses in, in any diaries or memoirs or letters of correspondence after a survey of the 19th century. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Really? Like, this is entertainment. Yeah. Remind sure. you. Of like, so not medical jargon yeah. or anything like that. But isn't that something? That really is. Yeah. Wow. So then they found that the word period was said for the first time on American TV in 1985. 1985. 1985. That was after I was born. Yeah. That's Me too. Ridiculous. I mean, think about that. And then the first time it was printed in, like, literature was in 1970. What? Yeah. How is that possible? I'm not sure. Wow. That Isn't is that really something incredible. to think about? Yeah. And then you're like, how how did we evolve as a people so slowly regarding <laughs> menses? Right. right? So, um, wow. well, I'm going to get into it. Yeah. So there's tons of theories. And it's interestingly debated okay. amongst, like, so many people. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the good old Freud. Okay. And he thought the negativity was just our fear of blood in general. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So he had he had thought about this. Yes. It is so crazy how many people have thought about why <laughs> the period is so negative. Yeah. Interesting. He said in 1918. Okay. That makes sense. Right. Well, his statement in 1918 was... Um, quote, the primitive cannot help connecting the mysterious phenomenon of the monthly flow of blood with sadistic ideas. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it was like, this is happening, and why is this yeah, happening? Yeah, exactly. And it like, must be evil. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? No, that I just, really it's wild. Yeah. So then there was this um, British born anthropologist, Verrier Elwin. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that right. But he relates um, sex during menses as taboo related to the endemic. They call it not a pandemic, but an endemic mm -hmm. of gonorrhea. What? Yeah. So, like, that's how we were passing gonorrhea is because did, of periods. Was, I would like to see his research. 
Well, <laughs> I think this is no a while. Back, I'm just saying that is crazy. Yeah. And gonorrhea specifically. Yes, specifically. But I think that now was that when was this again? Well, I'm not sure. I think he was in the 1906. Okay, 19, early 1900s. I, so probably like the prevalence of STDs and stuff wasn't was, widely known. So maybe he right. was characterized. Yeah, as a possibility of what was causing it is mm -hmm. wow, that is really something. Yeah, interesting. Um, this is another anthropologist, Shirley Lindenbaum, theorized that it's a form of natural population control. So, using the pollution stigma to reduce sexual contact to hopefully re reduce population. So, the society created it as a negative so that people would stop fornicating and then therefore it's it decreased just a short period of time during the month there's still all the other times yes and when you're on your period you're less likely to become pregnant so it was yeah. i mean so okay, theory. okay yeah um and then there was um william stevens who had a partial theory because his a big goal was on something else entirely really? um so his partial theory um comes from the flow of menses itself was enough to cause the taboo. So just like the fact that women are bleeding is enough oh, to be negative. That's enough. Yeah. Like there doesn't need it's to just, be any other You're reason. bleeding out, you're bleeding out of, of your body. And so <laughs> that's therefore. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, so it goes on to say, seeing bleeding from the genitals can awaken a certain castration anxiety to a man. Oh my gosh. Which is an anxiety, <laughs> which then I was like, what is castration anxiety? So then it's okay, like, that makes, I mean, I, okay, right. Go ahead, finish. So it's an anxiety regarding genital mutilation or injury, right? Yeah, sure. So, okay. And okay. So this actually reminds me of the hair episode. Remember the blood, the, um, blood from the female hound. Yeah. Yeah. As a debilitary cream. Yes. And so if they're thinking that blood from a hound could soften or remove hair, well then it could probably castrate any blood could castrate a penis. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. No, I just that's crazy. Yeah, but castration. Interesting. Yeah, so he was looking into that because he was actually wanting to further explore the Oedipus complex. Okay. Oedipus. Yeah, Oedipus. Oedipus complex. Um, which do you know what it is? Well, and I'm not real familiar. I've heard of it. So the dictionary. Okay. I had to go there because I was like, I had no idea. Um. Um. So. In Freudian theory, um, this is a complex of emotions aroused by a young child, typically around age four, by an unconscious sexual desire for the parent of the opposite sex, which um, would include, would and to exclude the parent of the same sex. So okay. this young boy would like to have sexual relations with the mom, but is mad at the dad because he's, he's the yeah. one with the mom. Um, which is very bizarre. Okay, so I have there's I have so many things that maybe aren't appropriate for this episode, but is it just like like sexually? Specific? Yes. Well, well that's what he was saying aroused. That, right. I don't know. I'm so so again, there's so many ideas of the unknown and yeah. but I I remember like when my littles were four, they were ex they were touching oh, themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of I don't things. think that they were they knew what they were doing, but yeah. it felt good maybe right. or I don't know. Yeah. So I wonder if that's what this is all stemming from. Interesting. But then relating that to a parent specifically. Yeah. And he was I'm... looking up, like, he was trying to, you know, research for boys specifically. Yeah. But then the equivalent in girls 
opposite is sure. like the Electra complex. Oh, I see. So, okay. So that's gender specific. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a whole I know it's thing. a lot. Yeah. So this is, these are the rabbit holes. I just kept going down yeah, there. Yeah, I can see. Cause that actually, and then like, I'm like, you can get so far removed. Yes. From the actual well, topic. <laughs> what are we talking about here? And like, what is that theory? And I, I, and it's just like so much. Yeah. So um, going back to, wise of the negative. There's so many opinions. So historian Robert S. McLevane okay. um, came up with a term in the 2000s okay. um, called non-menstrual syndrome or NMS, mm-hmm. which is essentially reproductive envy that led males to putting a stigma on menstruation because this is a way oh. to be superior to women by quote, quote, psychological compensation for what men cannot do biologically. Really? Which I thought was wow, that is, very interesting. That is a lot. That is so about. much. Okay. And, wow. We're really interesting theory. It um, is. And it's a lot. Yeah. I, I haven't thought about my period that in depth. Nor have I. And I don't, I think most men aren't necessarily jealous of women who are going through this yeah you know but it's something that they can't do but it's something they can't do yeah okay interesting. at all they have no ability at all to do it so it's an interesting theory it is wow um these are fascinating i know so then anthropologist beverly strassman said um it was almost culturally universal that menstruation was viewed negatively um and so it's just cultural like everybody thinks it's negative, so it's negative. Okay. Now, do have all throughout history have all cultures kind of no. Okay. Found it negative. Okay. No, but I'll get into that okay. a little bit later. All right. Ancient Romans thought that menstruating women were dark witches. Wow, really? Yes. Okay, wait a second. Let me back up because <laughs> so they were dark witches for just several days out of the month, and then they magically were not witches because everyone most of the population of women are going to have menses. Yeah. So then it's just a world full of dark witches. And so can, how, I'm not how sure. did this theory even, how did that even make sense? Well, I mean, whatever makes sense to you in the moment, right? And then, yeah. But to publish that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are so many, I, I like in my notes, I'm like, there's so many, I can't, I, I can't yeah. go into them all, sure. honestly, not in depth anyway. Yeah. So one thought is perhaps that the process of menstrual thinking negative was of the time. So okay. it became negative. So it was negative. So generationally sure. it's remained yeah. negative. And, and I feel like sense. that happens with a lot of things. I think. Every, and it can yeah, take so long to break to cultural yeah. norm, yeah. which is yeah. not necessarily what should, what be, should the be the norm. Right. So, um, when we look at the history of it all. Yeah. So it leads me to that. Like, where does this even come from? So in the first Latin encyclopedia, which was 73 AD. 73 AD. Okay. Yeah. So um, AD. And I'm going to quote the whole thing. It says, contact with menstrual blood turns new wine sour. Crops touched by it become barren. Grafts die. Seed in gardens are dried up. The fruit of trees fall off. The edge of steel and the gleam of ivory are dulled. Hives of bees die. Even bronze and iron are at once seized by rust. And a horrible smell fills the air. To taste it drives dogs mad and infects their bites with an incurable poison. Where did he 
you get this? This was in the encyclopedia. <laughs> encyclopedia. The encyclopedia. I, I would really like to see the science behind this because that is a bunch of BS. Are you kidding me? All the trees would be dead, okay? <laughs> Just saying. that. Yeah. So then um, in ancient, ancient Egyptian medical texts, including the papyrus yeah. um, of 1800 BCE okay. and the papyrus Ebers of 1500, okay. yeah. they use the word... Um, Hishman, which is like H-S-M-N, which has no vowels. Oh, okay. Hishman. Okay. <laughs> Hishman? I don't even know how to do that. It's H-S-M-N. Hishman. <laughs> which was a word used for both menstruation and purification. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. So... Um, in the medical text itself, they rec they had recommendations for the cure of amenorrhea. So they oh. they understood the absence of interesting periods. Okay, wait, so they actually got it a little bit more so than maybe. Interesting. I'm not in I'm not quite sure sure that they got it. Yeah, but could could if their time <laughs> for it was well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm just thinking I need to think more about it. Okay, she's processing. Yeah. It's a lot to I'm telling you. Yeah. I was really anxious to do this episode yeah. because it's my thoughts are all over. They're yeah. so scattered. It's like spidered. Well, there's so much. There's going so on. much. Okay. So if it doesn't make sense at the end, I'm sorry, but y'all <laughs> like you can tell me what avenues to go down next to figure it out more right. thoroughly. Um, but going back to these uh, ancient medical text um menstrual blood is used as an ingredient in ointments and there's one ointment for saggy breasts really could i get it okay. like <laughs> yeah okay i was not expecting this yeah wait and, these and why are... would they complain about saggy breasts in the ancient days like who cared yeah but it well, was an issue you know they cared about hair i mean That's i think true. looks are something that have been yeah this is not a modern thing how you look you know it's not it's like goes back to ancient times it's true Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this was a recipe? It, I didn't find the recipe, okay. but it said that there were recipes. There were recipes. Specifically one for saggy breasts. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's also, um, in a different article, I talk about it later, okay. other things that they do with menstrual blood that's oh, I'm really very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there are also tantric practices such as the yoni puja. Okay. So this is worship um, that is carried out for a woman and their yoni or their vagina. Yep. So tantric Wait, rituals. Okay. okay. So it's a it's a Buddhist meditation. Okay. And um, the practitioner will meditate on a specific Buddhist deity with okay. the ultimate goal of achieving enlightenment. But where's the vagina come into this? So this is a specific practice, which is called the Yoni Puja. Okay. Which is like the vagina uh, Puja. That's the name uh, of yeah. it. Okay, so Yona, actual... Yoni is the vagina. Okay. And I can't remember what the Puja is. Okay. I would like to think I know what it is, but okay. I don't. <laughs> I did know yeah. at one point, but I erased it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's I had a lot of notes and yeah. I had to like had get, to, rid, like, of get rid of some. some. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Interesting. So the Tantra is the science of 
and study of energy okay. and there are countless dif different types okay. of energy in our universe right okay. and so they're trying to control or util utilize certain energies for okay. spiritual gain i see okay and so the sexual rituals are the most potent or the okay. most powerful okay for example the yoni tantra okay. which um it so says the vagina ritual or the, right okay. so it says quote um the yoni which has bled is suitable suitable for worship. Do not worship a yoni which has never bled. Worshiping a yoni which have, has never bled causes loss of siddhi, S-I-D-D-H-I, siddhi, on every occasion. So don't do that because you'll lose it. Then I was like, well, what the heck is that? Yes. So then I looked in the Yogapedia. Okay which told me that Siddhi is a term given for spiritual or seemingly magical power and capability. So oh. you would lose your city or your magical, magical powers. powers. Yeah. If you worship <clears throat> a vagina who is not, not bled. bled. Yes. Wow. They're it's, worshiping vaginas. Yes. Interesting. So, um, yeah. So the cities are fruit of a perfect achievement or a spiritual practice. Oh. So it's perfectness essentially. And oh, wow. Okay. I had never really ever heard. Well, I've heard of tantras before, but I've never really learned about them or yeah. had have gone into it yeah. at all. So that was very fascinating. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So menstrual blood is considered pure and sacred in the Hindu religion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So in the Kaula Agma, Ag Ag Ama, okay. there we go. Patala eight. There are five eternal and pure substances. Okay. Okay. It's ash, wife's nectar. Wife's nectar. Yes. Is this the blood? Yes. Or is this the well, blood? I'm not sure this? what wife's nectar is. Okay. So then it all it goes on to say semen, menstrual blood, and ghee. Ghee, like the butter? The <laughs> Purified butter? Yes, I'm just, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, so um, that's so where I found some positiveness. Okay. It's sacred. Wow. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. up there with semen and butter. But purified butter. <laughs> Is it G-H-E-E? G-H-E-E. Yeah, that's purified butter. Yeah. Interesting. And the wife's nectar, I didn't look up wife's nectar. I could probably go down a long list of trying to figure oh, out what the heck I they meant back then. Breast milk. Oh, well, why wouldn't it be mother's nectar? No idea. Because it's all about a man. <laughs> no, That's I don't. I have true. no idea. Um, wow. Yeah. So then I found this article on it's, and it was in the Journal of Clinical Medicine. Okay. okay? And it, its title is, is vaginal sexual intercourse permitted during menstruation a biblical christian and medical approach wow which i thought was very interesting that all in itself this research on this right so yeah. initially i was looking up the myth on can you have um like sex during menses right. and it evolved into this craziness uh, yeah and so i that's how i found that's this article yeah but this is very interesting and so i'm going to go over what they yeah. find so in Leviticus, in the in the Bible, okay, quote unquote, menstruation is perceived as unclean for seven days, and whoever touches her shall be unclean until evening. Okay. Okay. So that's in Leviticus. Okay. And then the fathers of the Christian Church who are talking in this article 
think that the main purpose or point of the clean and unclean was to inspire the Israelites with moral purity and respect for the human body. Oh, interesting. So they think that maybe it wasn't clean, unclean. It was just trying to instill some morality. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Quran, Allah says, quote, and they ask you about menstruation, say it is harm. So keep away from wives during menstruation and do not approach them until they are pure. End quote. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it really so is. like this is yeah. in a lot of different texts. Yeah, no kidding. This has been like really yes. deeply thought out throughout the ages. I guess so. Yeah. So the thoughts from this article, um, the authors believe that these were Jewish beliefs that were imposed mainly by social and cultural principles okay. of the time. And then they invested religion authority onto that okay. belief. Okay. Um, and they go on to say, it cannot be ruled out that these rules were not put in place solely to protect women or all people from STDs as the conditions for hygiene were very inadequate, okay. which is interesting. But, yeah. But they also um, point out that the rules were made during the 12 months that the Israelites were in the Sinai desert yeah. and that the land was barren, dry and inhospitable for everything. Right. So like stop like doing things because there's no way to clean. Because there's no way to stay clean. Yeah. Okay. So I thought, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Like looking at how the environment was at the time yeah. and how that really contributed putting, to. Yeah. Looking at all of those pieces and not just. Taking, and saying, okay, this is the best for the people. So let's make it a religious, like we must do this because right. it's from the word. Yeah. And then, yeah. Wow. It's very interesting. It is very interesting. So um, they go on to say that. <laughs> um Sex during menses is normal and not a perversion. Okay. And must be done with consent from both parties, right. obviously. Like mm -hmm. And then they point out that it's important for menstruating women to not only be released from the taboos and prejudices um, that make her feel guilty, but also to make it known that it's not an unclean time. Which I thought was good. I do. I love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah. So they conclude in this from this article, what we already kind of talked about, but um, although Mosaic law prohibited sexual activity during time of menses, it was essentially hygiene rules imposed by the social and cultural data of the time and invested with religious authority. Their main aim was to foster the Israelites' health, prevent from contracting STDs, increase their fertility, and promote birth of a healthy offspring, okay. which Not makes sense. Not necessarily a sin. Right. Or a clean, unclean or thing. A clean, unclean yeah. Unclean thing. Yeah. yeah. Because if you, um, so I didn't put this in my notes, but yeah. if you lied with a woman who is in her, her menses, you were then unclean for a week as well. Okay. So then you couldn't touch anything. You couldn't go anywhere. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's very interesting. Can you imagine if these kind of rules were in place now? Like, how would people go to work and make a live? Well, I mean, because back then it was a lot of, you know, right. nomad and farming type or finding right. you know, whatever, scavenging and stuff like that. There were rules in, for some um, tribes that you couldn't even walk, like you couldn't even see a woman or you were unclean if she was in her time of cycle. Okay, so now how was that you could just look at somebody? Mm -hmm. And then you would know that they were that bleeding. They were bleeding. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know how they. I don't know how they would tell. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can just look at. Somebody. 
Yeah. You know, the other thing, it just came popped in my mind, but I didn't look into um, the hysteria um, either, like, because a lot of people thought that menses brought on hysteria in women oh because gosh. of their hormonal oh. surges, which hysteria was a big thing. Yeah. So I yeah. didn't even go oh, down that okay. rabbit hole. Ooh, that sounds like, like a I, fun one for another time. Yeah. I didn't even touch it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's always interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I found an article in 1915. So we're okay. moving along. Okay. Quite a ways. Quite a ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in a section of history of medicine, there's there was an article and it was called Of Superstitions Concerning Menstruation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I thought, okay, what, what did 1915 yeah. think about the superstitions of um, back then? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I break it down. Okay. And um, here we go. Yeah. Okay. So they speak of superstitions concerning menses. They report that, uh, quote, many a farmer's wife in the country will still assure you that milk handled by a menstruous woman cannot be churned to butter or that hands will not take salt at her hands. Really? End quote. Hmm. 1915. Well, I wonder if that was just a way to get out of turning the butter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, um, so then they go on to talk about ancient views. Okay. Okay. So wise men of old found menses a mystery and um, Pythagoras called menstrual blood the froth of the blood and thought it contained the superfluity of the ailment. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Where science has failed to establish proof, religion has seldom failed to establish a theory, ah. this article wrote, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious yeah. because it's like, okay, if science can't figure it out, then religion then must have to be. to be right. Yeah. This is in 1915. Yeah, that wasn't that long ago. No. I mean, it was 100 years ago. But I mean, not that long ago in the history of man. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's just interesting. Yeah. Um. And then they go on to say, generally believed that semen and the menses were materials needed to create tiny humans. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So they've, because that was one of the things I've been thinking about this. Like, when did they figure out that that was the way to life? Right. So it took a while. Yeah. To figure that out. Okay. So mm -hmm. they were just starting, they were just starting to think about it mm -hmm. in 1915. Mm -hmm. That those were the things that were needed. Well, the, as this far as. This was from the ancient views, like perhaps this was a perhaps oh, like an aside, but we hadn't oh, figured it out yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so okay. okay, yeah. So then they go on to talk about the magical beliefs of the time. Okay. Um, so the menstruous women, uh, so this is one point. Sorry, okay. I just keep going on because it's just so much. Um, the menstruous woman is possessed by an evil spirit. The spirit resides in her blood and by the medium of her menstrual blood may exert its influence for good or for harm on her environment. So that was the magical thing. So if they were in their cycle, they could be either evil or good, okay. depending on how the blood decided to be that day. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interesting um, theory about hormones. <laughs> <laughs> so... They reported that in Portugal, women during menstruation wear drawers to prevent the access of lizards. Oh, dear. <laughs> like, oh what? what? Wait. Yes. Were, did they have a lizard go into the vagina problem? So, like, whoa. <laughs> Where did we go? Yeah. So they believe that evil spirits may take entry into a woman's by form of serpent, lizard, oh. or bird. 
Wow. Okay, so they would wear some underwear to protect to them to protect from them. the lizards going up. Why the people start routinely wearing underwear? I'm not really sure. I didn't look into that. There was so much. I know. I'm so curious now. Yeah. Um, uh huh. Wow. The thought of a lizard going into my vagina freaks me out. Crawling around in there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. So okay. then they talk about love charms. Oh, love charms. Yes. Okay, wait. So they pretty much believed all women were magical. And it just manifested in different ways. Yeah. To... Well, the magical superstition. Right. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, menstrual fluid. So going back to love charms. Menstrual fluid has been used to influence, influence the affection of man. Ah. Yeah. So um, in modern Germany. I think this is going to be gross. Right. Okay. So in modern Germany, remember, <laughs> this is 1915. Girls have administered drops of menstrual blood into coffee oh, of their sweeties so to make sure of retaining their affection. Oh, dear. So they were just giving them blood. I Why don't you drink this? Highly disgusted by that thought. My husband had a nosebleed and it was coming out of his face. And I was like, oh, exactly. Can you imagine consuming because it was running down his mouth, you know, it was really bad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't want to yeah. taste, like, I wouldn't yeah. want him to taste that blood or right. like right. just the thought of that blood going, getting anywhere near a mouth was gross. Yeah. But then can you imagine from yeah. the vagina? Well, I just wonder how many um, unaware men have <laughs> and how consumed menstrual blood. Yeah. And how often you have to keep doing it to oh, keep so the maybe. affection. Oh, I didn't think yes. about that. Yeah. Gross. Do they do it every month? Right. That coffee tastes a little smidgen different. You know what it was like that a month yeah. ago? I wonder how well that works. <laughs> I don't think it does. <laughs> oh, man. So then there's the superstitions of it all, right? So um, among the Kafir tribes of South Africa, menstruating women must not drink milk or the cows would die. Oh, dear. That would be sad. I, but why? How did they figure out? Where did this come from? I don't know. I like, didn't because one because a cow just happened to die when one woman drank its milk when she was on her menses and then all of a sudden that's the cause of all the cattle dying. Yep. That's wild. That's <laughs> not critically thinking. Like, <laughs> well, maybe it was to them. Maybe it was like there was yeah, some virus that was happening and they were like, yeah. well, these three women are on their period, so it must right. be them. But I just feel like something like that should be established over a period of time. And that can't possibly have been true. You know what I mean? Like, well, the odds are not in their favor as far as establishing that is a good theory. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree. I can't go back and fix the days, though. Okay, so. <laughs> and it was the cow from that milk? Or what? was it just any cow? Like, if they drank oh. the milk of. The cow, was it that particular cow that died? Yeah. So I yeah. could drink the milk of a cow, you know, down somewhere else, and then it would just die? Yeah. I guess they weren't traveling very no, far back. No, it was in then. their backyard. Right. Generally, everybody had a cow. Right. I think. Well. I'm pretty sure. Maybe they wanted one. If they didn't have one, they probably, yeah. Maybe they had goats. <laughs> Gone to goats. I didn't look up goats. So um, even the maidens that would attend a girl at her first menstruation couldn't drink milk from the same for the same reason. 
of the cow. So the girl during her that during that, that first menses. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So that mm -hmm. really that that's quite the long line of yeah. Guess how long it lasted. What? So these women had to be away from cattle um, because of this taboo on milk for at least a fortnight. Two you know, weeks? Two weeks. But really? Yep. So it was like time before and after. Or after maybe. Probably. I don't, probably after. Well, I guess they didn't have to milk the cows. Wonder. Okay. Yeah. Got out of milking the cows. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. So the behemoths, behemoths okay. believe that women couldn't drink milk on their menses, but had to eat vegetables and drink beer. Oh, I think I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, de deal. <laughs> the caveat to this was that if it was the first menstruation, the father would put aside a special cow to use as this cow wouldn't produce milk for long anyhow. So they would be able to have like they would pick an old cow that was almost dying was and die anyway. use that one if it was the first menses. Otherwise, was there was no milk for you. For a fortnight. Oh, well, let's say you accommodated that first one. Yeah. It was like a period party. Which... Oh, it was like the first period. <laughs> the first... They did it back in the day. We're, we're not even inventing anything special around Seriously. here these days. I you asked know. my daughter if she wanted a period party. She and she said, yes. yes. Yes, she did. We'll be there. And we I said, there. I said, well. Um, did you ask her who she wanted to invite? Yeah, she said all of her friends and her, all of their moms. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And I said, "Well, do you want a red velvet cake?" And she said, "No, but I'd like a I would like cupcakes with red frosting." I okay. Said, okay. Okay. Anyway, and then um Francine, our dear friend, yeah. said, "You should make it a thing where you invite like influential people and have them write down something special that she can read later in private like to her, like to help her." Um, in this womanhood, oh my you know, gosh. I know. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Start something. Yeah. Christina's going to cry. I am. She's thinking about it. I am. Up, you guys. It's hilarious. It's not funny. <laughs> it's so Thanks for telling. They couldn't tell in my voice. No, um, I know. <laughs> rude. Okay. okay. All right. Now stop. See, now you've really done it. I know, because it's her you baby's guys. first period. She thinks about it. It's just sad. She came into the um, bathroom the other day and was like, "I." she opened the pad drawer, which yeah. are ancient because I don't have periods. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, so I'm going to need these in my size, mom, because I'm almost nine. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, though, she's thinking about it. Yeah. She's preparing for yes. it. And so I think that that's really, you've done a good job. Look Thanks. Yeah. So yeah, I need to get her something gonna together, like actually. Traumatic. Yeah, that it's, happens. It's yeah. just going to be like, this is what happens. She's like, well, do I really tell my teacher? I'm like, yes, you tell your teacher if it happens at school. And she's like, oh, okay. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh she's like, well, aren't they going to think it's weird? I said, no, no. it happens to them every every month. It's yeah. fine. She's like, this is a monthly thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so doesn't this happen once? Oh, it no. happens every month. Oh, so then I was like, have, oh, like, man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. So she's. She's thinking. Okay, yeah, it's she on is. her mind. It is on her mind, and she's super roller coaster in her emotions. Yeah. So I think it's coming. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Well, it's, it's wish me luck. It's, and I'll be looking forward to a party. Yes, you are invited. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. It will be. Um, okay. Wow, I didn't. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Have, so back to uh, um, what 
what uh, section are we? Superstitions, Superstitions of the day, yeah. the old day. The old day that yeah. was reflected in a 1915 article. Article, yes. Okay. Yeah. So there were strange beliefs about crops. They quoted um, Pliny, and I was trying to figure out who exactly Pliny was because I saw this name in many articles, but I could not find the origin of, mm -hmm. of this person. So you don't, but he, know if there's a farmer or scientist? I'm not or? really sure. Okay. So if you know who Pliny is, please, please let, let me know. Um, but they stated if a woman strips herself naked while she is menstruating and walks around a field of wheat, the caterpillars, worms, beetles, and other vermin will fall off from the ears of the corn. Wow, it's that powerful. <laughs> I have no idea. This Pliny also stated that seeds which are touched by her become sterile, grafts wither away, garden plants are parched up, and the fruit will fall from the tree beneath which she sits. And so this was a common thought then yes. back in the day. And this isn't that the blood touches it. It's that just the woman. Yep. Who is, who is leaking blood. I want blood. to know how many women he saw go out and touch a tree and have it wither away. Yeah. Because it's zero. I'm assuming it's a man. Well, just think about, like, I feel that things happen in our history that don't make sense. That's like, true. the Salem witch trials. Yeah. They came from nowhere. Yeah. It was one person, and yeah. then hysteria set in, yeah. and it, it was the belief. Wild. It's crazy what it the is. brain, or, like, what one yes. person can convince yes. other people. Absolutely. So. No, that's that's a good point, actually. I, I don't know. I just. Yeah. it. It was very, this is very interesting. It's so interesting. Yeah. So the, now wait, I have a question. Yes. Sorry. Okay. So mm -hmm. they can wither away all of the living things around. What about like, so touch, oh, you become unclean if you touch somebody. Right. And then the same thing could potentially be happen if you, feet. yes, okay. exactly. Okay. Yeah. But it's not like people are going to die and wither. They just right. become unclean. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So the conclusion of this 1915 article, um, these general findings and many others are necessary to attempt to answer the question whether the universal human horror of menstrual blood may have initiated the practice of abstinence from intercourse during these menses. Well, I so the think horror, the horror, <laughs> it's very serious. Yeah. Um, I. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So then they go on to say. Uh, Give an affirmative reply, and you will still little. You are still little, little nearer to the solution, for you will find yourself confronted by the puzzling fact that with some domesticated animals, notably the dog, there is a strong tendency, not more, to reject intercourse during the period of substantial flux. Some preferring the commencement, but most the actual termination of the period heat. Wow. Isn't that the way they wrote that? Yeah, I just seriously. had to read it exactly oh as is because That's it's like, is. wow. Yes. So you you might think you have a theory. Yeah. But you don't really know. Right. But maybe it's just the substantial flux of flow. <laughs> <laughs> that will, you know, make you not interested in the act in yeah. general. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. So in 1920. Okay. okay a few years later. Dr. Um, Bella Sheik created a term called menotoxin. Menotoxin. Yeah. Jerk, right? So he felt like flowers handled by menstruating women wilted quicker. He just felt that way. Mm -hmm. And then he published those findings. <laughs> 
And then everyone around him <laughs> believed it. So he also found that auxiliary sweat um, or auxiliary, <laughs> listen to me, <laughs> axillary sweat and systemic blood from one menstruating were more toxic to fresh flowers than um, and also slowed the growth of yeast. Like, I don't know. What? It was just so random. Toxic to flowers. Okay, flowers so and yeast. And now, yeah. is this axillary sweat a truth for men as well? I have did, no their, did their armpits sweat cause such a reaction right. to plants? No idea. But that was a belief for a really long time. Wow. Yeah. So in the 1940s. Okay. Um, Clellan Ford warned about the dangers when coming into contact with the blood by saying the fluid contains bacteria, which may render it infectious to an open wound, which is true about any blood in any open wound. That's not yours. Right. It's not specific to vaginal blood. Right. But, but I mean, he wasn't wrong, right? He's not (laughs) wrong, but it was just misplaced a little bit. Yeah. So. Going with this thought process, there were two researchers, Olive and George Smith, and they were studying gynecology and estrogen treatment at Harvard. Oh, wow. Interesting. When was this? Um, 19, I don't remember, 40s? The 40s? 50s? 40s. Okay. 50s. Somewhere around there. Mid-century. Yes. I don't remember the exact date. Um, They did a study and injected animals with menstrual blood. Oh, gross. Wait, where? (laughs) Into their muscle? I don't know where they injected it. They injected blood? Yeah. Into animals? So they subsequently all died. Subsequently. Well, they all died. Okay, you know what they died from? If they, like, some kind of (laughs) hemolytic, like, response. Yeah, antibody response. Yeah. Yeah. What? (laughs) So. So remember the other guys, the um, Dr. Sheik created menotoxin. So these two researchers said that this death of these animals must have been caused by the menotoxin. Okay. They're, okay. That's, so other, so di- <laughs> other researchers disproved this theory by finding bacteria in the blood, which in yeah. fact contaminated the samples and killed the animals. Yeah. Right. Right. But the stigma was there. And for many years, continued to look just as bad. Yeah, because that's crazy. Right? I mean, if you're just, like, injecting yeah. anything with just random period blood. Right? <laughs> just like, what are you uh, doing? But this is how we learn, you know, by really getting it well, wrong. The germ theory was already around. Megan's <laughs> <laughs> like, these people are so dumb. Where did they get their license? But... Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until the 1950s that menstrual blood toxicity was finally disproved. It, wait, when? 1950s. Wow. Yeah. It was finally disproven that in 1950s. Really was not that long ago. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. So in 1974, oh. there was a study done. 1974. We're moving along. Okay. They compared 44 different societies. Okay. Um, called a cross cultural study of menstruation, menstrual taboos, and related social variables, oh, okay. which I thought was interesting. That's great, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so the society was given a score of present if the following um, taboos were observed within that society. Okay. So the various taboos were listed as I will give you them all. So okay. if this was in there, um, they they had like a graph, and it was like plus minus plus minus for. Okay what each of these things okay these are all specific that they asked and did they look across like um all different types of cultures 
did you, like, 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 well, I'm not, oh, I didn't, I didn't, uh, like where they developed, underdeveloped, like all, you know what I mean? Like inter- uh, they of- gave the list of everywhere, um, but I'm not sure exactly. where, yeah, I okay. didn't write it down. I could probably find I it, but, um, <clears throat> so the taboos, generalized belief that menstrual fluid is unpleasant, contaminating, or dangerous. Okay. Menstruants. I love how they use menstruants, the people who are menstruating. So the <laughs> menstruating women, the menstruants. That's what, oh, I yes. see like TS at the end. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. May not have sexual intercourse. Okay. Okay. Personal restrictions are imposed upon the menstruant, such as food taboos, restriction of oh. movement or talking, etc. Oh. Mm-hmm. Restrictions are imposed upon contact made by menstruants with men's things, i.e. personal articles, weapons, implements used in agriculture and fishing, crafting tools, men's crops. Really? A religious, yeah, men's crops, like their fields, religious emblems and shrines. Yeah. Anything that a man owned. Yeah. Menstruants may not cook for men. But I don't know why they could so cook what, for women. So what did they do during all of this time? They so just, remember, these like, are the taboos that they'd heard like, of that they're trying to see if this is something that still, exists. But I'm just thinking like even like at some point when that exists, like what were the women doing when they could not touch or look at anything? <laughs> like, I think that's where the period huts come and in. they just hung out. And I think the period. Teams? Yeah, I think the period hut was a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Menstruants are confined to menstrual huts for the duration of their period. Oh, very good. Yeah. But that's, so these were the things. I wonder if they were allowed to, like, you know, knit socks or create anything, you know, do anything, things, or they just right? lay down and take a nap. Take well, a nap. I, you know what? Well, after a week, I would get tired of taking naps. I would need to do something. Yeah, but all the women theoretically were together. Oh, so they were just hanging. they were having a party, and in that one culture, you could have beer and vegetables. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm, I'm Actually, in that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> So um, out of those 44 societies, one, um, there was one society that believed in none of those taboos. Okay. Just one. Just one out of out all of 44, 44. There was others that That's believed in at least one. Really ridiculous. That's crazy, actually. right? Yeah. So there were four that were all negative. So that means that they didn't have anything mm-hmm. except for no data. So like oh, they couldn't figure out whether it would have been believed. That, yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. And there were four that believed in all of really? these. Yes. Still? Four. Wow, that's crazy. They believed in Because this was in the 70s. Yes. Wow. 74. 1974. Wow. So most of these societies found or believed that menses was a signal to reproductive age or a reproductive stage. Okay. So they had figured out that, yes, menses was Related associated with. To- yeah. Um, and the study also believed that specific societies had differing opinions based on how um, much male involvement there was in the procreative phase. Oh. So the higher they participated in whatever way with the cycle, however they per- perceived it, however they treated women while on their cycle, mm-hmm. the more or less acceptable it was in wow. that oh. society. Wow, that's really interesting mm-hmm. that that's what dictated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The acceptance of this or the superstitious. Yeah. There are even some that um, believe that menstruation or the taboo of menstruation predates language. 
So, yeah, so I'm going way back now. So that was the end of that uh, 1974 article, okay, sorry. Okay. Um, and the earliest humans surviving were more animalistic. So they, um, you know, they dealt with birth, death, sex, and hunting. They didn't even talk. They just grunted or whatever. And then language <laughs> okay. then followed menstrual taboo. Ah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so there are very few cultural outliers that see menstruation as powerful or uh -huh. positive. Or it's positive. generally seen negatively. Yeah. Um, but the positive and powerful is generally um, thought that the menses cycle matches the waxing and waning of the lunar cycle. Oh, I, I think I've heard that. Yeah. Before. I don't remember what context. But. Yeah, so then that changes menses from being unclean to highly potent. Oh. So however you look at that could be then positive right. or negative, depending okay. on sure. your thought process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. You could either be an evil witch or a good witch. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So then there's the modern medical approach. Okay. Okay. So sex during menses without precaution, like a condom during or shortly after menses is a risk factor for STDs and HIV. Okay. Obviously. Okay. I think that's true. Right. Having sex during menses could lead to an increased flow in blood. Okay. Why you say? Yeah. Your your face says why. Yeah. So I was um, trying to work that out. So what their thought process is is that the veins of the uterus are generally congested um, during menses, and then if you're having intercourse, oh. they're more prone to rupture or oh. like release extra blood. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so then this is where this kind of goes into your previous episode of endometriosis. Yeah. So sex on your period is a possible risk for endometriosis oh, yeah. because of the retrograde of menses outside of the uterus. Yeah. And this is not quite agreed upon in the medical community. Oh. So one study that I didn't go into great depth about found that infertility of patients who frequently are occasionally engaged in menstrual coitus, if you will, uh, were most almost two times likely to have endometriosis. Wow. So infertility patients who okay. had menstrual intercourse. Okay. Compared wow. to those who didn't. Who didn't. But then um, the author surmised that possibly the increased pressure in the uterus during orgasm during menses could create more transport of the endometrial tissue where oh. it doesn't belong. Interesting. Yeah. But then yeah. another study showed sexual activity, orgasms, and tampons could actually protect from endometriosis. Uh, so well, it's that's like. That's why they were all theories. All the yeah. But there was no increased risk of PID amongst oh. any of. Okay, very good. The, yeah. Yeah. So that's good. PID, pelvic inflammatory disease. Yeah. yeah. And let us not forget men, shall we? Okay. So. Well, we've been talking, they've been establishing all the social yeah. norms throughout the ages. And how they feel. Yeah. So they could have a decreased libido related to menstruation, negatively affecting their desire okay. for intercourse. And they could be turned off by the smell of blood itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was the main thing that they said about men. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> that was it. And I was like, okay, let's just throw that in there about the yeah. men. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess those things make sense, you know, yeah. depending on the man and their perception of things. Yeah. Maybe their sense of smell. I don't know. But I think if you ask 100 different women how they felt regarding menses, you're yeah. going to get several different yes, opinions. You are. Yeah. And even more so having menses, yeah. like men sexual intercourse yeah. during menses, you're going to get. A so slew different. of different things. You know, yeah, everybody has different, yeah, different opinions and what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. And yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. So that's it. 
But it's inherently not a bad thing. No. Yeah. No, I don't think so. To have sex. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Right. Okay. Wow. That was really interesting and great. Yeah. You did a great job for being so nervous about it. Okay. Well, thanks. I just, I think it's because it's so vast. I was afraid yeah. that it wouldn't make sense. No, it did. I followed okay. the whole time. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys feel enlightened today. Yeah. Have a good day. See ya. Bye. Bye.